Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. Now, Diane is still in Africa, but she is winging her way home to us soon. And then when she gets here, we've got a lineup of some new guests, experts on aging. My darling friend, Joanne Weir, is going to, who will just come back from Europe from six weeks, shooting her 15th year of a television show, if that doesn't tell you something about women beyond a certain age. We've got a lineup of guests, and we, we can't wait to see Diane. So today, it's just me and Miss Cindy. And here's what Cindy and I, it's kind of like what we talk about when we're doing our homework, and we did get a lot done today. I started to talk to Cindy about pet peeves. Then I started to tell her about the things that offend me or when I offend other people. Then we started talking about boundaries. And then all of a sudden I realized if I mixed all of those topics together, you were just going to get a rant. So this is just me ranting about boundaries, pet peeves, ranting, 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 and then sometimes about getting offended. So that's what I'm talking about. Now, here's how this got started. (sighs) This week, Chase Bank had a, uh, they called it Motivation Monday. And what they did was they tweeted out this ad. And what basically happened is it was saying, you know, your bank account was talking back to someone. And so when the person asked, why is my bank account so low? The bank account said back to them, make a cup of coffee, don't go to the expensive coffee store. It, it had a response to everything, or don't go out to eat, Make the f- eat the food you already have in your refrigerator. There was a third one, it said, don't take a cab, you're only three blocks from your destination. Now, I thought it was ha- funny. I thought it was very funny and brilliant, actually, because having been broke more times than I've been rich in my life, I can say that honestly. Well... There was a backlash. People were furious. I don't want to point my finger at millennials, but it was millennials. (laughs) Actually, I think it was more that age group. They called it poor shaming. And Chase Bank made a totally big apology and said, oh, we're so sorry. We shouldn't have said that. We will be more sensitive next time. Now, there's so many pet peeves and issues in this situation. I can't even tell you. One, I don't think anybody, I don't think any group of any people should have that much influence that... Through tweeting, God, isn't it bad enough that we have the president tweeting? Oh, I just, that part made me crazy. Okay. Then why didn't Chase, and then the other part, why uh, being offended, why didn't Chase Bank have the balls to support their, if they thought it was a good ad, why didn't they back it up and say, don't be so offended. What's the matter with you? You, you know, why are you so offended? Because why do people get so offended? Now they called it poor shaming. I don't know, but here's my other thought, and I said this to Cindy. If you are of an age group that you think that banks are corrupt, I think banks are corrupt. If you hate the establishment the way it is, change it, okay? Figure out how to change that. Now, we've already seen some younger, younger women and men, but a lot of younger women are getting into politics. We have these wonderful new representatives. Why are they doing that? Certainly not for the money. They're doing it to make changes. So I guess what the poor shaming and stuff got under my skin is it was like there's always people that whine. Okay, now we're moving into a pet peeve. 
So I wrote on Facebook. I said it was brilliant. I did offend a couple of people that said, I, I, I can't believe, Denise, you think that was funny. I said, I think it's brilliant. Let's be honest. If you can make a cup of coffee at home for 50 cents, but you go out and spend $5 at Starbucks, if you can make ramen noodles or a fried egg or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for under $5 at home, but you go to a restaurant and pay 15 and if you do take cabs instead of walking three blocks, you aren't going to have any money in your bank account. I don't think that was directed towards anybody, you know, I think it's directed to all of us. Half of the middle class has been, in my opinion, and I'm not an economist, we're gutted. I mean, people aren't, don't have the same amount of money. I know it through my business with what corporations are going through. I know what it costs to, to rent a, an apartment in LA. I know what food costs. I know what budgeting is. So I didn't think it was offensive because I've been broke. I've also noted that being broke and not being broke comes down to choices. Okay. What choices can you make financially in your life? Now, let me tell you something. I made every bad choice financially uh, any woman could have ever made as a young woman, okay? If I had an extra 300 bucks, did I put it in a savings account so I'd have it when I'm old and gray, meaning right now? Hell no. I bought a Louis Vuitton bag. I put my first husband through dental school, and then we got divorced. Was that a smart financial situation? No. And when I divorced him at 27, having lost the 10 best years of my thighs, I realized that my financial future was going to be different. So what do I think about poor shaming? I think the economy is difficult today, but I don't look at young people and say, oh, get a second job, except I'm telling you this, in my lifetime, so was it any better? I always had two jobs, okay? And I became, I always had two jobs. I had two jobs in my 20s. I had two jobs in my 30s. Then when I got in my 40s and I became a chef, early 40s, I still had two jobs, if not a third job. I don't think I had, I gave up a second income till I remarried, but I had a little more breathing space. Okay, so having two jobs, not having enough money in my checking account, uh, car payment being too much, cars costing too much. None of this is new to me. I don't know that it should be new to anybody unless people aren't looking at what life skill is really about. I think you have to plan. I can't be silly with money now as I've cut down on my income and I'm working less. But let me tell you something. I've never been silly with money, even when I've been wealthy. Okay. And if you don't know that it in 70 years of life on this planet, that some years of your life, you're rich and some years you're poor, just wait, <laughs> you're going to have to trust me on that one. So I was pissed off. Yes, that's right. Pissed off that some people were offended. Then I'm sure I offended some people when I said to them, you know what? I think the good, hard, smart work and planning will get you out of financial problems. Two or three people that I love and respect said to me, well, I think, Denise, that you're, you know, because you have money, huh? What are you talking about? That you don't understand. But you know what? I saw that some of the people that said that to me, they don't have full-time jobs. Now, they might not be able to get a full-time job. So what else could they do? 
Okay, that's all I'm saying. I think that, I guess I keep coming back to, and I didn't say that to them because I didn't want to offend them because I don't like to offend anyone, even though some of you listening think I do. I don't like to offend everyone. I think that I'm concerned that people are so easily offended in our society. Is it because we haven't made good boundaries with each other? I know this. I didn't even know the word boundary. Cindy and I were talking about this. We were laughing. We know conditioning. We know how we were raised, which was different. When I was a little girl, I wanted to play softball and a team of little girls couldn't play softball. Okay. Now, when I went home and said to my mother, boy, I wish I could play softball. You know what she said to me? No, honey, little girls don't play softball. She didn't say, oh, let's go to the school and protest. <laughs> or This is wrong. Matter of fact, she said, are you any good at softball? I mean, there was just like no discussion. But I'll tell you this. I don't think that was a good thing. I think it's wonderful that young girls should be raised to stand up for themselves, be tougher, be smarter. I think we have to. If that happens, doesn't that give us better boundaries? Okay. Now, you know what I learned boundaries? I learned boundaries when I became an executive chef at like 37 years old, because I found out that if I didn't have a strong line as to that, I was the boss and I was in charge of that kitchen stuff was going to, the train was going to go off the rails. Okay. Because I had 15 employees that everyone had a doctor's appointment (laughs) that afternoon. They forgot to tell me about, or everyone needed a loan or every single one um, needed Christmas Eve off to go to church or to feed the needy or whatever excuse, or every single one of them seemed to have somebody that died that week. And that's why they'd taken the afternoon off without telling me because they'd gone to a funeral. So I learned really quickly being the boss that I needed boundaries. And some, and some of those boundaries were don't ask me to lend you money because I'm not going to. Don't ask me for that night off. We're all working. There are no exceptions. Don't call me from jail. Okay, because don't use your only phone call on me, because when I find out that you you got a drunk driving ticket or you beat your wife, I'll tell them to keep you for an extra 30 days. So I made really strong boundaries in my kitchen. It made me a better person, made me a better sister, made me a better friend. I learned the hard way, like most of us do. When I said things sometimes and someone said, you've crossed a boundary. Well, like I said, I didn't even know that word till I was older, but I learned it made me think about it. Okay. And it made me look inward. And sometimes when I hear all these people that are offended about everything, I mean, and now I am certainly not speaking about millennials. I'm talking about people that are constantly offended and we, we see them every day. And I'm so offended by that. Huh? I don't get it. I know this, when you are offended by something, has someone crossed a boundary line with you or is it, is it a sensitive button because you know, in fact, it's true. When someone calls someone a racist, are you totally offended by the word racist or the fact that you know that you are a racist and that's why you're offended that they called you out on it? I don't know. I don't have answers. That's why we call this a rant. <laughs> Because I'm ranting about questions and answers that I can't always come up with. I would like to hear what you have to say about stuff like that. You know what I love? I love that people tell me all the time, here's something that offends me, that some of their best friends are gay, but they don't believe that gays should get married. Huh? What is that about? Why can't they get married? Love is love. Whatever. And if you're not gay, what difference does it make if someone is and they get married? 
And what about the people that have been married three times that don't think gay people should get married? Do they have a leg to stand on? I, I don't even think they should be able to be allowed. I think if you've been married three times and you've been divorced three times, I think you have to get a tattoo that says, I can't get married again, okay? Because I'm not good at it. So the other thing, and this was on pet peeves, and it all goes into, so I said to Cindy, Cindy, what offends you? She told me a very interesting story. And I I will say this, it's Cindy's story to tell, but I'll tell you this. She wasn't offended by what happened to her. She was offended, which I loved, by her own reaction to it. And that meant she looked at what happened and then looked at herself. So she held herself responsible, not just willy-nilly to some situation in the outside world. And I think that's really when we talk about boundaries and whining and acceptance and offending other people, all that stuff is. Now, here's an example. If someone says to me, Denise, I hate it when you use dirty language, guess what? There's We have two choices. One, I won't ever talk to them again, but maybe I really like the person. Or two, I can change my own behavior and not swear. Okay? Maybe just a tiny bit of swearing. So, These are the compromises you make in life. If you want more money, I suggest you figure out a way to make more money, to get a better job. Well, I can't get a better job. I have too much debt. Then that's something to figure out. Okay. Did I have crushing debt when I got out of the culinary academy? Yes. It took me eight years to pay it off. So, and, and, and let me tell you, this was an example of pre-planning that I didn't do. I'd been selling real estate before I went to chef school. My father was one of the most successful real estate brokers in Marin County. When my father died, he owned he owned with a partner 12 pieces of real estate in Marin County. So that gives you an idea of the, it was a big estate. He had purchased real estate to rent and to trade and to make money off of. And that's how, you know, and then he died at 60 years old. So that estate, it was how we kept my mother afloat for the rest of her life. But here's why I say that. He had made a fortune and lost a fortune. He made another fortune. He kept this fortune. I had made a small fortune myself, just meaning this, with my two sisters. While I was selling real estate, we owned five pieces of real estate together in Marin County by the time we were all in our mid-30s. Now, they were leveraged. If you don't know what that means, that means we put very little money down, but we had cash flow to make the payments, okay? We worked it. We made a deal, and with three people, we could do it. One person couldn't do it because we didn't have, none of us each had that much money. But I'll tell you what, I had done that, and it's I had been good at it. So when all of a sudden I decided to go to chef school, I went to chef school, had it, did not have that much savings. And then when I was in chef school, one of the smarter people in my classes said to me, how are you ever going to justify that you gave up $100,000 a year selling real estate and having these properties and you're going to make $8 an hour? God, I wanted to smack him upside the head because guess what? He was right. Luckily, ignorance is bliss. I had never, I didn't even know how little money chefs made. Isn't that sad? But because I never thought of, I knew I needed the skills to become a chef, being about food and technique and the French and 
cookbooks and all the things that I wanted. But I never envisioned myself making $8 an hour on a line in a restaurant. And I did for about four or five months. And I thought, I've learned enough about this and I'll figure out something else. That's when I started my own business. I, I Then I became a general manager, worked for someone else, made a really good living. Then I started my own food styling business. But I had a plan. But did that happen overnight? No, it took 20 years. 20 years to get out of school to make a business. The first 10 years of my business, I, I paid, I was able to pay, you know, rent. My car was paid for. I drove the oldest BMW in the history. Uh, you know, I think they, when I sold it, they gave it to the museum. I, I didn't have fancy clothes. I didn't go on vacation. For the first 10 years of my business, I m- paid my, you know, bills, but I basically, and paid back going to school, but I basically, um, reinvested every nickel I could back in my business. I didn't think of it as poor. I wasn't ashamed. I I would just say I knew that I was building something for the future. So again, semantics mean so much to me. And that's where I think that boundaries and offensive, is it so wrong to use the word fuck? I don't think so. Okay. Other words are words that, words that, um, racial slurs are not correct. It's okay if I call myself a WAP, but I don't want other people to call me that. I think we're all in accordance about that. So again, words are that offend people. I, I find this all very interesting. I find, I, I guess what I'm really saying is why are we all so thin-skinned in this day and age? I don't know. Because if anything, going looking at the world that we've got, we need to be thicker skinned <laughs> and we need to be listening to what other people say to us. Now, I hope that made some sort of sense. I could, Cindy and I said we were going to do this today, a quick mini-sode while Diane was gone. And then I was, I had so many things to talk about because, because people are so easily offended. And I'm amazed by that. I try not to be easily offended. I try to look at the person that says something to me. Now, see, if somebody calls out to me, hey, old lady, you're fat, or you got a big ass walking down the street, I would turn to them and say, you're right, but at least I'm not stupid. Okay? You have to look at what people say to you. Why did they say that to you? Okay? Now, and also I found something else. I don't like to be offended by the truth. When people say stuff to me that, in fact, I know is the truth about me. Okay, so what's your point? Now, this is the last one. I'm going to end with this. When we think about words and boundaries and breaking them, and sometimes you do break boundaries because if we didn't, women still wouldn't have the vote. God knows we still don't have the rights we deserve in this country, but we have to break boundaries sometimes. But here's a boundary I don't like, and it's become a pet peeve. I see people writing words for recipes and the words are incorrect. Okay. And here's my example. Woman who I know that I respect, who's a great blogger and a photographer, had on on her blog a recipe that said, tahini, chicken, Caesar salad. Beautiful photograph. I saw the chicken. I saw some sort of dressing. And I saw spring lettuce and pita bread. And I looked at it and I wrote to her, I just said, where's the tahini? Oh, it's in the dressing. Okay. In the Caesar dressing. I said, okay. I said, you know, Caesar salad being the, um, 
of all the things I draw boundaries at, but I can tell you why from my experience with Julie Child. I said to her, that's not a Caesar salad. And she said, that's my interpretation of the Caesar salad. I use the pita bread instead of croutons. Well, you know, that's like me. That's like a director putting me in a movie saying, this is my interpretation of Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Done work. That, that was not a Caesar salad. And I just then suggested, why don't you call it lovely, like tahini, chicken, you know, chicken spring salad, because it looked like a delicious salad, but the name was wrong to me, okay? The name was wrong. Now, a couple of days later, she sends me another one off someone else's blog, and it says Caesar pasta salad. And it was pasta with bottled Caesar dressing, pre-grated cheese out of a can, you could tell, but the worst part, it had bacon and tomatoes and olives or something else in it. That's not Caesar salad, okay? And here's why I'm going to tell you that I have such a thing about boundaries with Caesar salad, because that's what I'm, what we're really all coming from is where we come from, isn't it? I was with Julia Child. It was a very fancy day. It was the opening of a huge restaurant in Texas. I don't want to embarrass the restaurant, but and it was a celebrity chef, and the news was there, and the director of your TV show, and I was there. We were all there. And the chef won the cameras, so the news is there to capture Julia Child taking a bite of this gorgeous new Caesar salad. And Julia took a bite. It had a chicken breast on top, looked into the camera and said, delicious, but this is not Caesar salad. And of course, the director and of the segment and the chef and everybody's going, cut, cut, what's she talking about? Because Julia immediately got, went on to say, it could be Caesar salad with a chicken breast, but it's not Caesar salad because Caesar salad was not invented with a chicken breast. Okay, period. So, but Julia taught me that food has integrity. And when you cross boundaries with it too much, which is sometimes when I see fusion dishes and stuff that people have made, I think it's just a bunch of garbage and they don't, I think it's a bunch of shit they put in a bowl and called it fusion. Okay. Some of it's brilliant. Some of it's not. Not everything we do is going to be brilliant for any of us in our life. Not our financial planning, not how we speak to other, not our marriages. Um, but I think that, you know, uh, I think it bear, it bodes well that you think more and listen to other people. So when I got the new recipe, I, I wrote back <clears throat> to the woman. I said, you're trying to kill me, aren't you, by <clears throat> sending me this recipe? And she just laughed. I said, your recipe tasted delicious. You, had been, you were using the wrong word, okay? Caesar. That's not what Caesar was. But the salad was delicious. The second recipe was just a bunch of crap that was mixed together. And they had, you know what I mean? You know, you can put green goddess uh, dressing on a turd, but it doesn't make it a green goddess salad. So anyway, that was my pet peeve. I what, tried not to be offensive when I questioned my friend and I told her that. I said, I'm not doing this to be offensive. It's just that it's a pet peeve of mine that people use the wrong culinary term. Much like I think that it, it's my pet peeve that people are so offended in this day and age. And this is my last thing. And if you're offended by listening to this, how wonderful we found out now. <laughs> Because let me tell you something, it's never going to get any better. A friend of mine, Cindy was with me one day, and I leave with this. A friend of mine is a brilliant cookbook editor, okay, and has been, and a proposal editor. Um, and I had written a little story in um, 
a collection of short stories that I am trying to sell that hasn't sold yet. Because I think I have to think of it more as a collection of short stories and not my memoir, because I don't think that people are looking at the big picture. Um, but bottom line, I wrote about the segment, Cindy and I got to a TV show one day, and there was a midget, a midget TV star in the segment before us, and the hostess invited the midget to be in the second segment, our segment. And now Cindy's saying little person. Because now I grew up and we said midgets. Okay. Now I know that little person has become the the um the norm. And God bless them. And I don't really I, I I will call them of course a little person. But I'm just saying when I first got there, this was ten or fifteen years ago, Cindy, remember? Oh yes. Now I okay, now here's the part, Miss politically correct in the background, Cindy starts shrieking like behind the drapes of the of the, the curtains of the studio and says, they scare me. They scare me. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. You know it's true. Now, he was the most beautiful midget and everything. Okay. <laughs> Long story short, we do the whole segment. It wasn't a good segment. It was had nothing to do with him. It wasn't a good segment because the hostess of the segment sucked and blah, blah, blah. But to make a long story short, I write the story, but it's pretty damn funny. And I send it to this uh, my brilliant friend who's a cookbook proposal thing, and she keeps saying, you can't use the word midget, Denise. You have to use the word little person. So I wrote back and said, okay. So I said it today on Facebook to someone else I was having a discussion with. I said, I once had to do a segment with a, a midget. I mean little person. No, I really mean midget. So anyway, <laughs> hate me if you want to. But there are things that there's worse than calling someone a midget. And I guess there's worse than shaming Chase Bank. But I don't know. It all ties into me in the same sort of let's just uh, let's try to get a good laugh where we can. Okay, I think that's all I have to say. Miss Cindy, is that it? Are you embarrassed that you were afraid of the midget little person? No. Okay. I, I just want to say, okay, this is a first. You come here. I just want to say <laughs> that Miss Julie and I were both severely traumatized by a horror movie when we were small. And it's not something we can control. So, there. Miss Julie is another friend of ours that also has a problem with little people. So there, I just share it with you. Please don't share this podcast with anyone <laughs> who is a little person. Please don't. Be, please don't. Let's not. Maybe, uh, we'll see what Cindy does with the editing. Let's see just uh, what a good sense of humor anybody's got out there. Okay, I want to thank you. Thank you, Miss Cindy. I, 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 this, maybe we'll have to put up a disclaimer on this one. She's, she just dared me to leave on this and you know what? Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks, Miss Cindy. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>